0: On today's show, the Atlanta Hawks have 20 games remaining. It's a new month with March. And of course, Quinn Snyder is now in place for Atlanta. And I am joined on today's podcast by my friend and a fan favorite, Tyler Jones, is back for today's show. We'll have a wide-ranging conversation, we always do, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun coming up on the show. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1423 of the Lawton Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Wednesday evening. and I am joined by my friend, Tyler Jones. It's been a little while. It's March 1st. It's a new month, 20 games to go, planning to talk about. Welcome back, my friend.
1: And you know what time it is, Brad. You know what time it is.
0: Do I? Spring
1: training. Spring training oh. for Braves, baby.
0: I thought, like, I thought you might go gone like thought you might on like like NFL combine or something right now. I don't know. I don't know where you were going, but I knew it wasn't going to be basketball. Hey,
1: Bryce Young for left field. <laughs> Bryce Young, for
0: left yeah. Bryce Young's going to play shortstop. I'm going to slide. going slide Vaughn Grissom to to left field. No, uh, the Braves are interesting. We're going to get there. I promise. We're. Uh, I'm, I'm. I'm ramping up for for Braves coverage. I kind of want to go down to Florida and see if I can see some spring training games, but it's uh it's it's, it's kind of hard to do that when you cover the Hawks and they're playing right now.
1: And and they're also having news all throughout the week during the not busiest time of the year?
0: No, it was, uh, I was, I was traveling and uh, it was, it was rough last week when they fired Nate, I was traveling. And then when they <laughs> did the press conference, I was at the dentist. It's just, it's just a, it's a tough scene here. Cause you know, normally if you cover an NBA team, just bring you behind the curtain a little bit, like once the deadline is over, you kind of think, okay, there's a limited amount of like emergencies that are going to happen. It's mostly just games. And like every once in a while, there'd be a big injury or something like that. But, there aren't a lot of emergency podcasts post deadline, unless you cover the Hawks, and then there's one every Tony, day or something.
1: That's Uncle Tone, baby. He he moves on his own timeline, Brad. He moves. My man tone. moves on his own speed.
0: There's big. There's big. There's Big Tone is one of the rest. Was I, I, I like the to refer to him as Big Tone because you know he just is the overlord of everything. Um. All right. Well, obviously people know what's going on. Uh, Listen to this podcast, but I know that I, I got at least three because I counted before before I, before I brought you back in here. Uh, people asking what your for your thoughts on what's going on. So uh, a lot's happened. Nate was dismissed. Uh, Joe Prunty went two and O as the all time winningest coach of the Atlanta Joe Hawks. Seisty. Joe Joe. Uh, my God, my guy Joe went two and O. Is uh, still prominently involved. Quin Snyder was uh, talking about how he was been picking his brain the last couple days, and then Quin Snyder is now the head coach. And you know that whole sequence happened at a time where we weren't expecting it. Uh, although the way that I would frame it also is like if this happened in May, if if they had dismissed Nate and then hired Quinn a week later in May, it would have felt pretty normal, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's just the fact yeah. that it happened at the end of at the end of February <laughs> that made it things uh, pretty crazy. So I don't know what, what what's your reaction, man? Man, I know you I know, I know you've been stewing. You're paying attention. What's going on? Uh,
1: well, my <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> what?
1: I... You know the funny the funniest thing is that. The report, like immediately, like you you see these articles about is Trey going to ask for a trade? And I'm like, did they not do what this man wanted? I I, don't they, I, like, I, I, I say they, that too. don't get like I don't think people understand truly. Like I I think from the outside they think, oh man, the Hawks are always under have this controversy about them. Trey's going to leave for a better organization. I'm like. Trey is the organization And I'm pretty sure And, and I'll, I'll Say this um, About uh, the Trey-Nate thing I do think After the blow-up they had earlier In the season with the, Like I think For really the first time it felt like to me Afterwards like for a couple Like for the last couple of months um, Kevin's actually brought this up as well Like this is the most serious Trey has ever taken the sport Like as a professional and I feel yeah. like he's actually like I truthfully. This happened while Nate he was playing under Nate McMillan, and I think Nate got I think that incident got Trey to focus in a way that he hasn't focused before. It hasn't the thing is it hasn't shown up on the win loss comma, but like to me for the long term, like this is this has been a positive stretch of of, of real gains of, of Trey really like grinding it out uh, trying to get trying to get this team back to where they should be and where they need to be. So like, I, like, I don't think, like, I, I don't think Nate got fired ultimately to me, Nate got fired because he was 72 and 69 and this team yes. has bigger aspirations than being 72, and 69. Like if, Agreed. if, if you're a results-based coach and, and, you know, you, you talk about in your rotations are results based where you're, you're playing all your guys heavy minutes trying to win every game, grind it out, and you're not winning, I mean, you, you just set yourself up to be let go. Like that's just the reality. If if the Hawks won more games with Nate McMillan, flat out, he'd still be the probably still be the coach right now. Uh but you know the the win locks record is the win locks record. And like that if that's how if you're gonna be if you're not gonna be the development coach, you know, <laughs> like that you kind of put yourself in a box where like it's all about results and if you're not getting the results, you know, we're, we we got to let you go and find somebody else and you know it is it is what it is with Nate and I you know ultimately like it's a rough end for Nate and but he was I still could think he was a really good coach when he was running a different offense like
0: yeah, I mean that was the biggest thing. I feel thing. fairly strongly about that. We we He's we were real. on we were on it a lot. I mean that's I mean it's kind of a meme now almost. But like Nate Nate and his uh, sort of um, I don't even know what deportment or leadership or whatever you want to say it is with with Lloyd's system and assistant coaches was their best combination yeah. because Nate is good at managing people as much as the attention has happened with with train all that Nate is kind of you know pretty renowned and respected and even on the way out like it's telling like sometimes a guy gets fired mid-season and you might get the one quote in a press release about a guy being, you know, fairly nice on the way out. Everybody was pretty effusive about Nate on the way out in a, in a positive way. No one was crapping on Nate, even, all, even off the record. Like there was nobody that was piling on Nate around the Hawks. Like he, front office guys, Trey said nice things about Nate on the way out. They don't have to do that. Like Trey's not someone that always says the right thing, like the perfect thing. And he did. He was like, you know, a lot of, a lot of respect for Nate, all that stuff. Like, that does tell you something. Obviously, Hawks fans were ready to move on. I get all that. I had no problem with it at all. But it was telling to just kind of wrap up the Nate thing. Like, he he, he was respected still, even though they weren't winning. And I, I totally agree with you because if they had been winning, he does not get fired, and it's not because of Trey. I think – as I said on the show, I think in the immediate reaction show, Lloyd getting fired was a lot more about Trey than Nate yeah. getting fired. A Agreed. lot more. So – It is what it is. Trey's going to get. It it seems like Trey's going to get the heat, no matter what. Like nationally, I'm sure you've seen it, and you and you You don't get the coach killer. One, you you try not to even like. It's kind of my job to pay attention to this stuff, and like, I mean, ninety percent of the discussion around the coach slider hire was focused on Trey, and like, oh, make or break for Trey Young. And I get it; he's the star, but like. It's just kind of a silly thing. Like it's not. Like, I mean, I guess. I guess. It's, it's, I guess it's kind of true, but it's kind of not. It's, it's really not. It's and like
1: it's, I, and make or break for what? Like I, right. I'm. I'm it, it, it's genuinely confusing because it, it it pretends that that I guess trade is still considered not to be, you know, a, i I don't know what I don't. I actually don't know because like he's a he's a clear cut superstar. Like it,
0: that. That's just. What? Here's the thing. So this year he didn't make the all-star team. I wasn't outraged by it. I, I thought that he should have made the all-star team. And I said that I think he is an all-star, but the first month, month and a half, he wasn't good. Like by his standards, he yeah. just wasn't, he-, he missed he missed a lot of shots, but what you said earlier is actually important. And maybe not, I think understood unless you're like really grinding it out. Um, like since basically you take, take January 1st, for instance, but he is 60% true shooting since January 1st. And he's averaging like 11 assists a game. And um, I know this is not like an important thing for a lot of people, but Trey's defense has been a lot better. Like that doesn't mean it's been great, but like you talked about it earlier with, and Kevin said it too, he's just been a lot more dialed in. Like he's playing at a level now the last couple of months. And even before that, I think a little bit, where like he's he's quote unquote back like if there's any worry about trey like falling off which there probably should never been honestly but early in the year he wasn't he, he didn't play that well and now he's been playing that well again for the last couple of months and like it's kind of funny i said some i said trey i wonder what you think about this i said trey played really well last night on tuesday for three and a half quarters he was bad late no question about it yeah i said that and i got yelled at for being too soft about trey and it's like he was bad late. I'm not saying, but the guy, I think he had 34 points. Like he wasn't inefficient. Like he he played well until the end, and that's okay to say. Like Bradley Beal was better down the stretch. That's why they lost. It's fine. It's one game, and I know it's a lot of headlines because it was Quinn's first game. But like, take a step back on Trey. If you watch him every night, he's playing as well as he's ever played. As far as like overall game, he's not scoring 50. I get that, but like he's playing. He's playing well.
1: And not only is he playing well, he's been, part of the te- he's been part of the team. That's what's been, like, early in the season. He, Brad, I would – you would just watch. He's not – he would not talk to his teammates. He'd go to the end of the bench not talk to anybody. And and he gets – he was getting into that mood, and it was really frustrating uh, to the start. So he, he, was, he was annoying. I mean, it was annoying for everybody to watch. Like, his body language wasn't great, and he wasn't playing well. And he – and it was just like – Come on, this is your team. Like you gotta, you gotta take responsibility. So when that blow up happened, I feel like after after the blow up uh, Mm -hmm. with him, you know, leaving instead of staying for the game, he's been involved. And I feel like they, like I feel like he and the team actually had a real conversation, began to real have real dialogue with each other, real, you know, just talking as basketball players about what needs to be done in order for this team to win. And like, Trace, Trace, a beast, man, like. You know, this make or break, I don't know what people talk, like, people say that, and then it's it's because nobody watches games anymore, like, big picture. Nobody watches full games anymore. Like, that's just the reality from, you know, national media got, nas- nationally, there's just too many, like, storylines to pick from, and, and we prioritize stuff that, you know, it's not as important, but to really get a understanding grasp of how players are playing or how teams are playing like you really have to watch every game and like see the progression and like to me i've been actually impressed with what trey's done since that blow up and he's really won me back because he was really like brad i, I was I, I, fans oh, were I, angry at trey i was beyond
0: angry. I, I saw i saw the, okay. i saw the tweets i was there I was, I was i was i was following along with you no it's yeah i i agree I, and you know there is a discussion to be had and there's, it's always happening nationally and, and occasionally locally too, but like what your limitations are when you have treasure, best player. And like, that, that's a real conversation that you can have. I get it. It's not a crazy conversation if you do it in a rational way, but like just the framing is, is bothered me just generally speaking. Cause like, you know, I, I would get it if it was like directly tied, but I mean, there's been no evidence that I, you know, I'm pretty close to it. There's been no evidence that like Trey got Nate fired. Like that's not a thing that seemingly happened. So um, and look, the performance is what it is. And I think that, you know, we all assumed that I said it multiple times that they were going to move on from Nate at the end of the season. So there really is no shame in doing that six weeks early or eight weeks early, whatever it is like, that's just kind of a natural, it's fine. Would it have been easier if Nate stepped down or something like maybe, but it just, they, they pulled the bandaid off. It, it, it is what it is. And, um, certainly I would believe and it wouldn't stun me if a story came out in you know a couple months that says, Hey, by the way, the Hawks moved on Nate because they thought they could get quit Snyder right then and there. Yeah. That would, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And by the way, yeah. that's totally reasonable. <laughs> like, yeah. like I know, I know it's not like the most um, I don't know, polite thing to do, but Quinn Snyder is the only example of a coach where I would have been cool with that. But like, he is the kind of upgrade that like, it does make sense. It's not necessarily the best political thing to do, but like, it w- I mean, the, the, Hawks, it the Hawks so
1: clearly needed a culture, like an actual like they needed. I, I've been saying it for you. I'm like, man, they really need Trey Young to be in a system similar to what the Hawks were running with Mike Budenholzer. That doesn't mean it's the five Like Everybody's sharing the basketball. I'm talking about culturally. You know, we prioritize developing players. We prioritize, you know, player health like it's been a, it's, it's a stark shift bogey's like capped at 20 minutes a night
0: yeah i i I, I wonder if that's going to be like moving forward but you know we all yelled about how much bogey was playing and and just like the stints he was playing and granted there is an advantage that prunty and then quinn have now had where bogey got a week and a half off with the all-star break to actually get fresh like keeping him fresh now is a big thing. And you know, I know you agree with me we talked about it a lot. But like Bogey has always been an under-the-radar key to this roster as far as wins and losses. When bogey's good, they're good. Always. It's just honestly without fail. It's kind of crazy. Um, but and that's one example. Like they're keeping an eye on Clint. Obviously, John's had an express minutes restriction coming back from the concussion and all that too. But like, you know, they're gonna be more modern, it seems, through that lens. Like I understand there's a divide, generally speaking, in the way players are handled in the load management discussion. I'm not going to have that. The Hawks weren't load managing guys at all, which is fine. Like I think, I, I think they probably only had two or three games all year. It was bogey on back-to-backs. They were resting. But it's not even about rest. It's just like, don't play guys this hard that can't handle it because they're older guys. Can't like, handle it physically, yeah. Bo- bogey shouldn't be playing 15-minute stints like that. I mean, it's pretty obvious at this point. Um, and even even Trey and Najanta, you pointed it out too, I know – After that first, I think it was the first game or second game, when they both, it was a a competitive, oh, it was a Brooklyn game. It was a competitive game the whole way through, and they both played like 33 minutes. And I was like, that doesn't usually happen. Like, they're usually, one of them's going to 37, 38 every night, if not both. And it's like, it's just one game it doesn't tell you everything. But taking the longer view, it's kind of weird because, you know, this is actually a discussion I wanted to have with you. They're hiring this coach in part, and they're saying it too, to, to win now and for the future like they're in this weird spot where they're trying to win now still whereas most of these times like you're trying to hire this guy in season it's more for the future the hawks are kind of walking the line right now of like trying to do both but quinn's been pretty upfront, like they're gonna it's gonna take some time and they all kind of know that i wonder what you think about like straddling the line because clearly i'm gonna cover every game like it matters because it does they're in the playoff race but like how are you thinking about that as far as like what matters here because you know every game is a referendum as you well know anytime they lose a game it's like the end of the world or if they win a game they're going, they're going to the finals like what do you think about that like every game now you know, there's 20 games left in the season they have a good coach in place they have a healthy roster they should be able to win but also like that's balanced out with like what's gonna happen long term what quinn's actually evaluating getting familiar and all that today's show is brought to you by fanduel and the all-star break is of course behind us the stretch run is here it's perfect time to download fanduel america's number one sportsbook And new customers getting no sweat first bet to $1,000 with FanDuel. That means bonus bets coming back to you if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app right now. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use about anything you're looking for in the sports world. That, of course, course includes stuff like point spreads and totals and money lines and player props. And the Hawks are back in action on Friday against Portland at home. And FanDuel will have every line you need to advance that game, I had guess, right now. The Hawks will probably be favored in that game, if I had to guess. But uh, we'll find out more on Thursday in that one. And we'll talk much more about that game later on this week. But from there, you can find many more exclusive bets at FanDuel, like the 2x3, which is whether they actually have three, 2 three free-pointers in the first three minutes of an NBA game. And also, FanDuel lets you combine bets together for a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Don't wait, and don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in motor right now when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. I'm trying to
1: see how, how Quinn is going to manage the roster. I'm actually, tactically, I, I don't expect the Hawks to be that different than what than what they have been relatively recently. You've seen them do some more new stuff. They're doing a lot more switching yep. uh, uh, on defense in particular. And I, I would suspect that, that that's probably going to be something they, they try to implement more going forward just because, I mean, there's a there's a center decision they have to make uh mm-hmm. and like um you know last game aside there's there's nothing that could have done about uh last game but like you know kongle's been balling uh this is the best stretch of his career and oh, so yeah. like tailoring the defense more towards his style of basketball might be something that they that's probably the one thing i'm going to be monitoring to see if they still uh, try to do that and uh, also to see um just to see in general how uh, if and when they play, like how Jalen and AJ look, um, hmm. yeah,
0: under under Jalen is a, 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 to- a popular topic. Jalen is a popular topic. I'll now, say I'll,
1: I'll say this I'll say this about about Jalen because, he, granted, he didn't play against the Wizards. I've been impressed with the, the way he's playing. Um, it's a lot of he's doing a lot of the dirty stuff. He's doing a lot of the effort stuff that mm-hmm. re, he he has to get down first if he wants to take that next step to whatever that next step is for him. But like, he's, he's consistently doing that now. And that's, and, and that's, to me, that's great to see. I'm ho- I'm hopeful that, you know, he's going to get the opportunity to showcase what he can do on the floor. Cause I think like, to me, I think Jalen is somebody who could really help this team defensively um, as somebody who you can put on really anybody and have him just be that big, that other big wing defender, Big power forward defender because, like he, I mean, it, I was just I, I was really impressed with the intensity level that he played with. It was short stints, short rolls for him because I mean the minutes just aren't there yeah. right now. But I, I think he's going to get the opportunity um because Bay, for as good as he for as good as he looked, his shot looks great and like yeah, I, yeah. And I understand why he's playing a lot, but like defensively, it's it's
0: last not good. Night, last
1: night, I mean, it's, it's been bad. Every game he's played, but last night I'm like, oh boy, this is some bad tape.
0: Yeah, I mean the the charitable thing there with Bay is that, you know, he's played under what four coaches in two weeks or something. So maybe it's maybe it's that. But the, the problem is in Detroit, the tape wasn't good on defense defense either. And honestly, not to get on the whole Sadiq Bay road, but like he is a step or two slower than people think that he is. Like that was his limitation in college too. And I, I like his defense more in college than than in the pros. But like. He I it, it's sort of an ill-fated comparison. I wasn't trying to make a perfect one for one, but like I compared him to Gallo briefly last night. And they're different they're different players for sure. Like Bay is much more of a perimeter guy, etc. But like I just trying to make the point of, like, of a recent Hawks guy who's like a step or two slow. Also, they also need him for spacing. And that they're kind of using him the way they used to use Gallo when they when he plays the four in some respects. Um I, I just think that he's gonna be Inherently overrated by Hawks fans, and not in a bad way. It's just natural because people, as you well know, just like offense more than defense, and it's just what people focus on. And if he makes threes, I saw it last night. People, people were celebrating how great sadiq bay was. And I'm like, he made some shots. He, if you, if you watch him play defense though, he he kind of killed them like the entire game. So it's a it's yeah. it's tough. And then you throw in you throw in John who has been restricted the last couple games. I know. You and I don't have to do the Collins thing again because you and I love Collins more than everybody else does. But um, I will be interested to see kind of what you're talking about earlier about the deployment of the roster. Like once Collins is not restricted at all, is he gonna play 25 minutes a night? Because that's what he, that's where he's been the last couple of games. They've been leading on Baymore. If Jalen plays, that'll be even more. Um, you know, it seems like even today I tweeted some quotes out. Um, and I think I showed them to you before we started talking, like it almost seemed like Quinn was signaling that they might be choosing between AJ and Jalen on an nightly basis. Cause he was talking about not wanting to play 10 or 11 guys, essentially like that wasn't like flat out said that, but if you read between the lines, it does kind of feel like it's not This necess- I, I think Bay is going to play. So it's essentially between AJ who's been playing less notably every week or so he gets to play less and less and less and then Jalen and that's okay but I think a lot of fans, because they were frustrated with Nate about this in the reverse, kind of thought, okay, Quinn's going to play our young guys a lot more. That's not really the rep Quinn has, to be honest. Like, he's more of a development guy than Nate, for sure. But, like, if you go back to Utah, like, there were people there that thought he should have played young guys more. Like, I don't think Quinn's going to come in there and, like, just toss out minutes to the young guys out of, out of uh, just obligation. I think he's going to be pretty discerning. And um, his minutes to win, like, I know I'm pretty high in the player development aspects, too. But I think he's a fan of player development off the court more than yeah. actually just like forcing guys on the court.
1: Yeah. And um I think the John the John thing is is int- It's it's tough to say too much because I'm pretty sure we kind of all know the direction they're going with John. So it's kinda like
0: <laughs> for the last three know. years, yes. Yeah. Even, uh... I mean
1: it's it's kind of it's kind of understood what's happening here, but like I um I think there are some opportunities uh um for him to do so, some of the I, what I will say if they're going to run more pick and roll I think that's going to be, benefit him the most uh where he's going to use more, him more yeah that's the thing if the, if they use him uh so w- we'll see it's early um you know it's it's too early to call call that that front but it is like it, it's just it's just in general it's just but ultimately like um Like it's a evaluation period for all these guys, Uh, for all of them, except for Trey and DeJounte, basically like it's, it's, uh, I think it's a, a, a evaluation to DeAndre. Like this is a different defensive scheme. If the Hawks are switching more, DeAndre has to find a way to make a more consistent impact on the defensive end than just, you know, what he's, what he's been used to in his role. Same with Capella. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how these guys look, you know, as, as the season going on and how Quinn tailors, what he's, what he wants to do with what the talent that he has on this team.
0: Yeah. And I do think, you know, not to wish injury on anybody. I'm not, but you know, practically like they're probably not going to play with their entire roster the rest of the season. Like someone's probably going to get hurt and that's just the reality. You can't, bank on having everybody healthy and right now quinn has the i think the luxury slash privilege of like actually having everybody there to kind of tinker with but the first rolled ankle and it becomes a lot easier in a lot of ways because they yeah. basically have 10 guys they want to play and if somebody goes down their their nine rotation kind of clicks into place no matter who kind of no matter who that guy is the only way it wouldn't is if it was, is if it was trey or jante because those guys they kind of have to either play Aaron Holiday or try something right. else for defense or whatever. Um we'll save that for later. Um I I do I do want to know like what their plan is for the guys that we haven't talked about a lot because it would train you know trainers not taking all the attention. That's fine. But because I you we watch every game I can tell to you about the guys who don't and Hunter's a great one to bring up because Hunter is um a relic's the wrong word, but like he's he's a Travis Schlent guy. Like Yeah. That's that's simplistic, but Travis traded up for DeAndre. Travis paid DeAndre. And granted, he's got an extension that hasn't even started yet. So he's not going he's not going anywhere. But we don't know how Landry Fields feels about DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre, we about, yeah. We don't know about we don't know how Quint Snyder feels about DeAndre Hunter, about any of these guys really, but especially about DeAndre Hunter. So um like he's been borderline untouchable for the last couple years. Like, not in a obviously they would they would trade him for like a star, but like they were he was like the guy next to Trey that they were not going to trade, basically, in every discussion. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're going to trade him now, but he's no longer like that. He's not protected like that anymore. He's going to have a lot more pressure on him because of the money, because of the role. And look, he is the only guy still on their roster that does what he does. So he, like, they they have other wings, but he's the he's the only wing size player that we know is a good defender on this team, and he, that that kind of guarantees him playing time. But also it's like, all right, what's he going to be? Because this is a very simplistic thing too. But Hunter doesn't strike me as like the offensive profile of what Quinn necessarily loves at that spot either going back to previous stops. So uh, I'm not saying anything about it like negatively. I just have questions because we just don't, we don't know. That, that's not a negative. It's just, we, we just don't have that. I, I haven't really thought about it until like recently that, you know, that whole regime that brought DeAndre in and invested in him is just, it's not there anymore.
1: Yeah. So it, it, I mean, like, they just acquired Bay for five second-round picks. Like, and I would assume – I would assume the Hawks are interested in signing him into a, into a long-term contract extension.
0: Just they're, because, they're at least interested. Uh, you know, I, I I shared some of that. Um, I think it was from Detroit uh, or somebody on national. Like uh, – <laughs> I kind of don't think they're going to extend him just because I think he's going to I think I think he wants a lot of money. And I I just don't. Think I mean, yeah, that.
1: He, he wants but, a lot. Doesn't matter what he wants. He but
0: wants they like him. Really. They obviously like.
1: Yeah. Him. But I, I think they like him. I think he I think Cam Johnson's pro- like Cam Johnson's situation uh, with Phoenix is probably good. Like what Cam Johnson gets in free agency is probably a good actual good. He's not nearly as good
0: as Cam Johnson. But I was going to say the Hawks better hope not because Cam Johnson is going to get a lot of money, I think. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I'm I'm, I'm saying like, hit, and also what DeAndre Hunter got like, so
0: yeah, uh,
1: you know this pass freeze. So like the bay the bay situation also brings, and also you know they got Jalen in the wings. I he doesn't play small forward. I understand that, but but he honestly have,
0: could moving forward. I mean, we, but, Jaylen, we that-
1: but that But the thing with Jalen is defensively he can play the position dissimilar to what DeAndre Hunter does. Like we've. Yep seen him in the especially in this recent stretch him defend more out on the perimeter and he looks pretty good doing that so it's he's like, obviously
0: capable of doing it physically there's no question about that yeah. and then you have and then you have Griffin who isn't going to be a great defender ever but like is a small forward sized player like he's got enough I, strength to play I think, there
1: I think he has a I think he has a with AJ it's interesting because I, I he has stretches where he's playing good individual defense except for like the last you know to me, I think AJ is more about confidence on the defensive end and uh, experience like that. Yeah. Where he won't—I don't think he'll ever be like a good or elite. Def- I think he could get to good though. I think he can get for his physical profile, and if the Hawks are going to play a different style of defense, I think he can get to be in a like a solid to good defender in time. He's so young, like that's—he's so young, and that's what. That, the, the exciting thing about AJ Griffin is his age and how good he is already right now as an NBA player. So like you can only you can only assume he's gonna work on this the you know, based on his character profile, he's gonna work on the stuff that he needs to work at, which is really uh defensively more is more technique based and like understanding how how other how elite offensive players try to get to their spots and
0: how to take that away from them. I don't think he's gonna be like a guy you have to hide forever either. Yeah. It's just not. I don't see him being a difference maker on defense. It necessarily have to be. And yeah, with Jalen, not to overstate this, but you know, I was kind of the one, at least one of the people that was banging the drum. Like, I get it, Hawks fans. You got, you thought, you guys think he's a three, but the organization viewed him as a big. Like he's, he played the five in College Park. He played exclusively the four in Atlanta. But again, not to go back to the, to the well on this, but this is a different organization. Uh, Landry Phillips wasn't making that call. wasn't So I'm not saying he's going to suddenly be playing the three all the time, but I, I'm i less firm in my convictions about how the organization feels now about almost everyone because it's all changed. Like the, the coach is different. The lead for an office voice is different. So we'll see on that. I still think Jalen's going to be a four long-term um, mostly, but he is versatile, and you want to use that versatility. Same thing with like having him handle the ball more. It's a very small, small sample size, and- but in, with Prunty, like – We saw a couple times like hit more grab and go from Jalen and like you need to he needs to do that. That, That's one of his best skills. Like he cannot be the player that he could be like Jalen has. I don't want to overstate it, but like he has star ish potential. I believe that. But for him to actually do that, it's not necessarily like super likely to happen, but he could do it. You need to like let him do what he could do. Like he, that's the special things that he can do, like his special traits. Or his like end to end speed and athleticism and ball handling, like he's really skilled and athletic, and like that doesn't always shine in the half court. It, it, it kind of can't, but you got to have he has to have the freedom. I think he'll have more freedom now if I guessed.
1: Yeah, and he's got great chemistry with a combo and
0: AJ. They Bird. do play so well that, together.
1: J- yeah. Jalen, Jalen is like, I'm not concerned. Like I know he didn't play against the Wizards last night, but
0: like I'm not actually. He, he's team gonna team. he's gonna play. I, I, I don't going think he's going to play through. every. He, he made to play every game he's going to play they're not going to they're not going to not play him i I get that people are worried about that now and i i totally it's one game and he didn't play so i i don't think that we're suddenly gonna be talking about him never playing again like 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 last year it's not gonna go back to that where he's just never playing
1: the reason why he doesn't play is because he's he's a bad shooter it's just math on the rep capella's also on the roster like if you were like to me if if Jalen what's the caliber of shooter that John Collins was. He probably been playing more consistently. I get it. John Collins, I'm making his three pointers, but team still like close out the John. still, you know, shooting like 21% from
0: three. And he's all, and, you know, and honestly though, to your point, this is very simplistic and this is not how they think necessarily, but you know, you have John who at the moment is not shooting well, but can yeah. shoot a little bit. And then you have now with Sadiq Bay, you have a different option, like your wrinkle. To, if you're not going to play John, you're going to go with the sh- with, with the spacer which, shooter, or not, shooting, which is not Jalen. So, like, that's where you have to you kind of have to force yourself to play Jalen because there's not like an obvious reason to play him right now. It's beyond development, clearly, and I think he's he's also just good. I mean, this is going to say Sadiq Bay is better right now than Jalen Johnson. I firmly believe. Jalen Johnson is a like a much better prospect than Sadiq Bay. Like Absolutely. I don't think I don't, I don't think it's close. So if it's close at all, as far as like who's going to play, like I'd lean to the guy that you're investing long term
1: in, in Bay. In Bay's defense, uh, his shooting is super valuable. Oh, um, it is.
0: No, I, I'm, I'm not I saying he, he, I he should stress, play. Like
1: no question. Com- combination of the the trigger that he has, like the quick quick release that he has, and the confidence to just take him. Like yeah, the, the, hope,
0: the hope with Bay, the hope with Bay is like he just has to get passable defensively. Because like, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to assume that this first week is indicative of his defense because it's really been bad. We talked about it earlier. We have to belabor that point. If this is actually what he is defensively, it's a problem. I don't think that I'm going to assume that until we see it for a lot longer, and hopefully that doesn't happen. But. Uh, and he also can play a little bit at the three, like, and that's why they're choosing kind of, I think between AJ and Jalen is that they can kind of just give Bay's, uh, Griffith's minutes to Bay and then have that kind of get Jalen back in there. So that's one of the things that Bay unlocks for you is that he's not a good defender at either forward spot, but he can play the three. He's already, he's already been doing that. He's been taking some of AJ's minutes there anyway. And he's also your small, your small ball four option. And I think that they've kind of signaled that they're not going to play Hunter at the four very much anymore, which is fine with me. I never loved that anyway. So because of bit and the fact you have Jalen and all that stuff. So it's a good, I mean, I think he, uh, Qu- Quinn said it was today. It was like a blessing and a curse to have this much depth. And I kind of had to smile because the Hawks just don't have, haven't had any depth this year. That wasn't and, true. That was, he,
1: he wasn't here. He wasn't here. In the, uh, well, right. In well, and,
0: and again, though, it's one of those things where they're healthy right now. And so it yeah. feels like they have quote unquote, too many guys. I, I saw, I got one of those, one of those tweets today. And I said that that person's wrong, but, you get one injury and you don't have too many guys anymore. Like this is what it's one of those things that you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, because we banged the drum. I know both of us did this year that the Hawks deep bench was terrible because it was, and it cost them games. It just did. Now they have 10 and that's great, but also Quinn doesn't want to play. ten, <laughs> So it's like this thing where you can't have it both ways and you kind of need that. And I think it's honestly kind of nice in one specific way to have jalen and aj kind of be their nine and ten those guys are young enough or if they don't play they're not going to like raise hell like they're not going to be like it's not going to be disruptive if they don't play it sucks for fans that want to see them and i get that but like you don't have to you're not sitting a veteran you're sitting a guy who has not fully proven himself yet either one of those guys you know aj we all love he's still a 19 year old rookie like I think he's going to be okay if he, doesn't, if he doesn't if he doesn't play every night. He might not be happy about it, and that might inspire him for the future. But early in the season, he wasn't playing either. Like, it's fine. He's a rookie.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, it, it's just one of those things where it's like you want – like all fans want to see the young guys play, but also, you know, they may – it's just the Hawks have a lot of established guys, like Bogey, John, DeAndre Hunter. Like, those guys are established, you know, vets in the game now. Capella, like, you know, and then you got DeJounte and Trey, like, and they got to play 34 plus minutes guaranteed. So it's a, it's a, now it wasn't before, uh, but, you know, through Jalen's development, positive development, because mm-hmm. he, to start the season, Jalen was not
0: good. Like he just flat, out was not good. <laughs> he was, a, he was, a, he was a rookie basically at that point. He had yeah, played
1: Yeah. AJ Griffin was a complete unknown and they didn't have Bay. They wasn't on the roster. So, like, like that's three guys. Now now the Hawks have a real – like, this is what real NBA teams who want to compete at a higher level – Exactly. This is the type of depth that you need, like, to survive an 82-game season. 82 games is so many basketball games, guys. Like, it's – like, it, you know, it, granted, the Hawks haven't been injured, but I would argue the lack of depth has cost them because they haven't had the ability to simply – rest guys like they've there've been too many like fatigue losses on the season and that's hurt them like that's like they can't get in a rhythm because they don't they like if if one guy before this depth came here if one guy got hurt the Hawks had no chance like right and also that also it it didn't matter who that one person was it didn't literally didn't matter who it
0: was no we, we went through this I mean they the lack of depth number one and also I'm not trying to take um, responsibility away from Nate, but I th- I think that he was basically told they have to win, and he treated every game like it was game seven in the finals. And that's – I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying that's what happened because it did. Like, they were playing guys a lot of minutes. Um, he was essentially just pushing guys as hard as he could push them. It wasn't like yeah, uh-huh. Tibbs prime, but, like, it was a lot of minutes for a lot of guys. And now they don't have to do that in part because of the depth – just adding Sadiq Bay, who like again, Sadiq Bay is not going to like change your life, but he's an NBA player. Like he's an NBA rotation player. He's a lot better than Aaron Holiday or Justin Holiday or the guys who were playing. Trent Forrest is playing real minutes. Like they, this team played two weeks with Jarrett Culver like playing a lot. Like Ooh. I was, in, I was in, I was in Orlando when the game that I think it was DeAndre and John both got hurt, and I think Culver played like 18 minutes in the second half. Like they, they had no depth on the team, and now. They have eight guys who are established players. And then you have two more young guys who are extremely talented that they want to play. That's 10. So if you get one injury, you're fine. Two injuries, it gets nice to again, but that's every team. So yeah. it is, Uh, it's just a lot more um cohesive. And, you know, the thing about Bay, like that, that was part of the rationale and Landry said it. Like, I think he got asked by me and other people, I think three or four times in that press conference, if kind of what the appeal of Sadiq Bay was. And he kept saying depth like over and over again. He wasn't talking. I mean, he did talk about Sadiq Bay a little bit as a player, but like he just kept going back to, you know, we we just need depth. We need depth. We need depth. It's like, I'm glad you recognized that, Landry, because you did. But it just was interesting to me.
1: I actually have a question for you. Uh, Uh
0: Because I know the immediate,
1: my immediate reaction was the same when the Hawks initially uh, traded for Bay for five second round picks. I thought that was a a bit excessive. But, you know, my my opinions actually changed because, like, Even with the defensive failings, like that level of shooting um, combined with his size and physical traits, like five second round picks feels fair to me. Do you you still feel like the Hawks? Yeah,
0: it's not necessarily, I don't know, it's just more of a, it doesn't, the deal never bothered me. It's just one of those things where like. Did, were they going to say no to four <laughs> you know what I mean or three it's one of those kind of funny
1: things it's like I don't um, and somebody either jay crowder or somebody set the market that it was five I, yeah nine, I, think six, it was, I think it was jay crowder somebody and that's fine
0: set, set the and market. and look I I do think second rounders are worth something whereas most people just don't yeah, care and I, and I get dollars. right and I and I get it I, I get all of it it never bothered me It was just kind of like the it was the principle of it. when you, when you thought it out and I try to explain this to on those reaction shows, a lot of what they paid for in my opinion was how cheap, it was how cheap he was and, True. and not have, and not having to trade any of their core guys. Like core they guys. made an upgrade, like the easiest way to make an upgrade to their roster at the deadline, which you and I talked about was to flip Justin holiday into another player because they didn't, they didn't need, they didn't need Justin holiday and but he was the only matching salary that was more than the minimum, basically what they did was essentially that now that it was a two part transaction. They took Bay into a trade exception, but it was essentially that exact thing where they were able to add to the team without trading anyone. They actually cared about on the roster. And the price was seven, the seven second round picks. And you know, it's a lot, but it's also not crazy because you also get, and this doesn't, this doesn't matter yet, but Garrison Matthews is Better than the yep. guys they had, like, yeah, Garrison Matthews is, Matthews is better than Justin Holiday. I really think that a real rotation play, yeah. And, and, and we will probably never have to care about that. At least not this season, it would take two, probably three injuries to have that, Garrison Matthews play. But, like, I get it, it was a tax saver move, but
1: it felt like the Garrison Matthews Bruno Fernando was a future facing.
0: It was, it, it was also not even just on the court, I mean, that, that helped them too but they're they have very valuable contracts like they're non like they're the hickey special deals but like they're they're non-guaranteed multiple times so like if they ever want to move on they can but if they want to trade them they're valuable if they just as matching salary they love bruno like everyone loves bruno i don't want to overstate that it doesn't matter that much everyone loves bruno bruno, bruno and veet Krejci are beloved so that helps with the vibes and then like yeah they had they had to do that move to get under the tax to take to take bay and that matters and that's why it cost them two two picks instead of probably one honestly yeah it should that would have been one if they didn't have, if they didn't have to save money and that's fine so no I, I i never hated it i don't think it was like this great master stroke of like asset management but it accomplished what they wanted to accomplish it got them better without having to change anything else and given i mean if you want to be cynical and i i made fun of this at the time but it's also true if you look at what tony has done with second round picks if he's going to sell him anyway like you know yeah i mean
1: he, he it was 14 million dollars down the drain for <laughs>
0: of, of cash of Big, cash for yeah, Tony no, uh, so, cash
1: to Tony's wallet, so and I, they
0: they help him i mean I they help say- him a lot i i i feel bad because i have a feeling i'm going to get painted as being negative on Sadiq Bay because of his defense and that's fine he's i want to say this now Sadiq bay is a rotation player in the nba And that is not a small thing. Like he's a proven rotation player. He has a really valuable skill that you talked about earlier. His shooting is very valuable, especially at the four. If he's playing the four, he's a very good shooter at the four, like very good. And that helps everybody. I mean, I still would play John. I think John Collins is a lot better than Sadiq Bay, but they're going to probably close some games with Sadiq Bay. And that's not going to like enrage me. I get it. I get why they're doing it. And like you kind of alluded to earlier, they're probably going to trade John at some point. They seem to, they seem to want to do that. So I Eventually, suit. they're going to have to do it.
1: <laughs> John is going to get traded in the next, uh,
0: after the season. So I don't uh, know. I, I believe that is a likely outcome. And I'm sure everyone's rolling their eyes because that's been said before. I, I think that it's pretty likely he gets traded. But not, if not, then that's fine. You and I will be just fine with John Collins being on the roster still. Um, all right. We talked about a lot of stuff. I, I do want to finish out by talking about like how good they are because that's, Still, probably the question I get the most is like some form of like, okay, what's the rest of the season look like? And how, uh, how like, what, 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 what he can I get? And all that. You know, we're recording before the games on Wednesday, March 1st. And at this moment, they are two behind Miami and they're three and a half behind Brooklyn and they're four and a half behind New York. And it seems like, and honestly, I think Capelli even said it like the 60s are our goal. Like they've been pretty, pretty candid about that. Like they're trying to get the seed, And that's, they're three and a half games behind that, and Brooklyn is not playing very well at the moment. So, uh, do you uh, number one? Do you care? I, I know you care some, but like, how much do you care about where they finish this year? And then also, like, how good can they be? It's twenty games. Can they go fourteen and six? Do they have one of their patented Hawks runs in them? I don't know. I don't. Listen, know. I don't. I don't know. The Hawks need
1: to play in such a way that they never play the Miami Heat ever again. Well, they're going to see Miami. Not- uh,
0: by the way, they're they're going to see Miami on Saturday and Monday. Two of Listen, the next three games. In my, I'm, I'm now. talking about in, in know, a in a play in
1: tournament setting. <laughs> I know, I
0: know. They
1: have to do whatever it takes,
0: whatever it takes, Brad, to keep, so to, yes. keep Tra- to keep Trey out of Miami. Basically, that's what you're saying. No, to keep the house of Jim, the house of, the house of, the house to, of to keep to keep Jim out of my life. James, you mean James I, Butler? <laughs>
1: Jim, Jim, James, Jimbo. Like Jimbo? I don't, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to have to deal with that man no more. In a high pressurized setting, like I now
0: the the good lead, the good thing. Lead is, him for
1: the Celtics, please.
0: Well, and yeah, I agree with you. And also, I I kind of think knowing Trey a little, I think Trey kind of wants to play Miami so he could be like, I am not does. this bad. You he know what wanna, I mean? He
1: want he, he he's he's the pride guy. He wants to show the world that, he was you know, yeah because he was he was so he and got again
0: embarrassed. He was he so bad in that series. We talked, we talked very nicely about Terrero in the podcast. We can say this now. He was so bad in that series, it was remarkable. Now so bad, got no slack for it. Is got, little, yeah, it was amazing how little how little he happen. got. Um but yeah, so so to your point, if the season if the season ended today, which I hate, I shouldn't say that, but anyway, they would play Miami in the first playing game, the seven-eight oh. game, and it would be in Miami. Um, now if you lose that. You still get an opportunity to get in by right. beating Kevin either Love's Toronto on or team. Washington. Hold yes, on. Yes, yes, yes. Kevin Love is on the team. That's eight threes guaranteed that game. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, okay. And the thing is, the uh, the, the thing is, Brooklyn has <sighs> Brooklyn's been really bad lately, and they're still three and a half ahead of the Hawks, which is why I tried to say to people earlier, like, this is a week or two ago, and now after the after the All Star break, after um after the Durant trade and all that, I was like, look, the Hawks are better than the Nets. But they were like five and a half games back with twenty two to go. Like you got to be a lot better to pass that team, and they still they still could. They're three and a half games back with twenty to go. That's doable, but it's not a lock. Like they're better than Brooklyn, but we'll see. Well, they they
1: granted they lost against the Wizards. They really can't lose that game against the Wizards ever again.
0: Well, it's a good example because they they play Washington twice next week. Like they have a bunch of so not to deal with the whole schedule thing now, but next we'll cut, we'll cut off at five games because. Then it's No, just just, just a little preview. I'm just saying. The next five games, right? Because it just came up. Friday's Portland at home. You're favorite in that game. Now, Dame can beat you on his own. We've seen that. Dame's awesome. But you're favorite in that game at home, I would imagine. Then you go to Miami on Saturday and Monday. A split would be nice on the road. Wait, 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 wait. Wait.
1: The game's on Friday. So it's a back-to-back?
0: Yeah. Saturday and Monday in Miami. First one's a (laughs) back-to-back. I'm just saying, so a split. I'm saying you're hoping for a split, right? Well, that's why we got the depth now. We should be fine. Agreed. Then, after that, it's two in Washington in three days. Th- those are your next five games. It's the home game against Portland, and that's four in a row on the road, Miami twice, Washington twice. That's the kind of to, – to your point a second ago, they can't afford to lose these games like they did against the Wizards. They need to go the through, like they, 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 they gotta they gotta figure out three and two on this next five game stretch, and that's not easy well, on the road. They
1: need to they need to go four and one. <laughs> if they want four won, and one on the road, they, maybe All if right. they want the six seed, if they want the six seed, okay, it's it's not it's not enough games to be well to and the thing they, is they, they also got back home right, and they play they, Boston. After truth that. be told, truth be told, they need to go on a run like five plus game win well, streak.
0: And honestly. I thought, it was, I thought it was coming, oh, it was coming. And, it, yeah. and then they lost last night, and they, yeah. they should have won last night. I mean, they not to redo the whole thing. They should have won that game. It wasn't like the worst loss I've ever seen in my life, but they should have won a the game. They were they were probably the better team. They were winning most of the fourth quarter. It just didn't go their way, and like it's one of those games that at 82 were like, it's my job to tell you it's not that bad of a loss, but it hurt. I mean, they needed to win that game. They did.
1: Yeah, they probably win at Porzingis
0: play too. That's that's the frustrating <laughs> part. Well, Gaff- Gafford was really good in the second half. I thought. That's yeah. I mean, Gafford because Gafford's really good. And like, uh, did did he have all three blocks on Trey? Or was Kuzma one of those blocks late? Uh,
1: I think I somebody. Now. I think the guy who was guarding
0: him also had one. I not. It yeah, wasn't. Actually, it
1: wasn't Dylan Wright. It was. It was. I think one of their. One some guy. I never. I kind.
0: I, I kind of forgot. I kind of forgot. Honestly, I mean, I talked about it on the show, but like by the end of the show, I think I forgot. That you know, the guy Trey fouled at the end of the first half was Delon, who went to the line and made all three. I'm just saying, just me went to the line and made all three.
1: What a what a bad foul! It was bad. not a good decision by Trey.
0: <laughs> that, People <the> were, DeJounte,
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to like you know audit the game, but like Dejounte Murray, that drop off the I, the drop off to nobody
0: because uh, nobody
1: was trailing him. I'm like,
0: I thought the worst. Nobody. I thought the worst play, the worst play of the game. Not the most impactful, probably. Was was the uh, was Trey's live ball handoff to Cal Kuzma for the dunk to put Washington up by one with three minutes That to go. was the game. That was bad. I mean, that was the game. Anyway, that, that
1: lost them the edge. So it, it did not go well. It, but, I mean, that. that happened. That happens. Like Gaffer, it, I think Gaffer just really.
0: Impressed. It's a basketball game. Like it was variance. I mean, no, that's not satisfying to anyone. I promise you. I understand that. I know when I say things, I'm going to get yelled at, and it's fine. But if you watch that last five minutes. It's a lot of variance, man. Bradley Beal made every shot to his credit. Tip your cap, made every shot, and trade went one for seven. Like, yep, you're gonna lose. That's just what it it's is. Why
1: it's why you don't want to consistently be in close games. You want to be, you know, Win comfortably up double digits, so that you don't have that happen. Or be, or if you're gonna be in a close game, be like with Brooklyn, where you're up consistently. I mean, they were up consistently against the Wizards. They just couldn't get. Up to they, well, yeah, they, they
0: led the whole second half until that point, but they were they were only up by like six to nine points. They were never able yeah. to get that separation. Okay, before we get out of here, I have to. I'm gonna make you do this. You don't have to, I guess, but uh, they're 31 and 31. 20 games left. Let's assume reasonable health because they're healthy right now. You got a, you got a prediction for me? Eastern
1: Conference Finals, baby! Oh
0: my back. lord! Your Bruno's he's, back. He's back. The vibes are good. All right, no, I'll, I'll take it. To... Listen, that's why you're on the job. Nah,
1: I don't know. I don't. Not, not <laughs> stuff. I I want I if they would have won last night, I would have came up here. I was prepared. Honestly, I asked you I come up to come on before the game. But I now I got to be I got to be measured. I have to be measured. Like Why? It, I'm measured. I don't know. So you don't have to be. I'm I measured. Don't. That's my job. Um uh, they I mean, they get to play
0: sixes in the first round, Brad. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's honestly, honestly, I would feel pretty good, and we'll wrap up my problems in a second. I feel pretty decent about the Hawks against the Cavs or the Sixers. If it's the Bucks or the Celtics, I don't feel as good. But the other two teams, the Bucks,
1: the Bucks are interesting in the sense that the Bucks are the better team. But I do, I actually like the matchup.
0: It's always been a good match. I mean, team. it's always been a good it's matchup. Always, the Hawks have always good played them well. Them. Yeah. yeah, the Hawks have always played them pretty well um if, boston's if, boston's out would not want to play boston would not they would not ranking be
1: it players. celtics is number one want to avoid at all costs two is Agreed. the heat
0: i don't care oh my Any god that's it. not true it's milwaukee get I, the miami, I, I understand get
1: them, brad brad <laughs> get the miami heat out of here i don't want to see the miami if i have to see the miami heat on a nationally televised screen and it's all a right. must-win game I right. won't, i'm not
0: watching i'm not okay. watching I believe you actually, because that's something yeah. you would do. Um, do You see how the Heat play
1: out here, man? They they, they some killers. And the Hawks just a bunch of babies who, if, if things don't go their way, they're all <laughs> crying to the refs. There we you go. Know, woo, you know. This, is, this it, is what I needed on the show. They don't have the composure. They don't have the composure, Brad. They 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 they're Gen Z. Miami Heat a bunch of they are the Miami Heat them our age, Brad. They they, some they killers. They they grew up. They grew up uh, in the housing market, like they. They know struggle like these Zers <laughs> don't know
0: anything. I need they someone to clip. I, I need someone to clip you saying they grew I up was, in the housing was, market. Was, it, it's it's it's
1: a generation <laughs> problem. Like I don't want to see this oh generation go up against that Miami team. They they stone blooded killers. Like why would anybody want to play them?
0: It, I just need they, I need a listener to clip you saying they grew up in the housing market.
1: <laughs> Put that on Twitter. <laughs> the I, housing I didn't, I didn't <laughs> the recession. <laughs> Oh, oh my that god, that was okay. we'll, okay. the well, the house is collapsing again, so
0: perfect way to put it, put it at the end of the podcast. All right, what uh, before you out of here, as always, what's your recommendation? You got something for the people? What, what should, oh, they, should they be watching? I definitely
1: have something. Go ahead. I'm not, wa- I mean, I'm watching all the anime, y'all know the anime, of course. If it's out, I'm watching it, it's probably good. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff this season, I can't pinpoint one thing, but that's not what I'm talking about. Brad. I am currently playing a remaster of a game that came out in 2004. It's called Trails in the Sky.
0: Okay. Legend of
1: Heroes, Trails in the Sky. For the people in the know, which are three people currently listening to this podcast, they <laughs> understand this series probably, I think it's like nine, ten or so games. They're all super long. And I'm starting with the very first one to get caught up to uh, the newest one that came out a couple years ago, which was Cold Steel 4. Um, it's probably going to take me the entirety of the year to get through with them all. I still haven't beaten the first game. I am 60 hours into the first game. This is, uh, I don't know why I'm doing this. I have a billion other things I could be doing, but I decided I wanted to play a game that came out when LeBron, rookie year LeBron, because I, I apparently I, I have a thing for nostalgia or something. I don't know, but it's a great game. I'm enjoying it. Uh, there you go. But like,
0: That's the recommendation. Yeah. And also spring training baseball. So, full circle. Hold up. Before we go, before we go,
1: is there another Spencer Strider, like somebody out of nowhere?
0: I mean, no, but if there is, it's Dylan Dodd. Dylan Dodd? that's what i'm that's what i'm that's what i'm hearing from people that are smarter than i am about this kind of stuff if there is a guy that's out of nowhere this year it's gonna be dylan dodd or it's Von grissom but that's not really out of nowhere he's gonna start so yeah. um dylan dodd keep an eye i don't i'm not recommending i'm just saying people this people that know this stuff more than i do are like dylan dodd okay i believe you there you go all right well thank you tyler for being here as always we'll do this again soon um I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about in the coming days. We're both very interested to see how this all breaks down and if they're uh, if they're playing A.J. and Jalen and maybe Dame will have 71 again on Friday and make this all moot. I, I kind of doubt it, but he's been uh, out of his mind. And uh, you heard it here, for, uh, here first, everybody. Tower Jones ranks Miami Heat as the second-best team in the Eastern Conference. You heard it here on this podcast. Not this ex- the nope, second-best second team, team. I
1: don't want to – don't
0: okay. matter. I'm sure. I respect the sure. Heat.
1: Yeah, they, they are the second best team in the Eastern Conference. Right. You, put some respect on their name. They made it to oh. the Conference Finals last year.
0: They did. They beat the Hawks soundly. All right. Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> That's for everybody else. Please subscribe to this podcast. Uh, if Tyler lets you follow him on Twitter, you should, you should always try. Maybe he'll say I'm yes to friend. that. Uh, follow <laughs> follow me if you'd like to at Roll and follow the show at Locked on Hawks. Subscribe to the show. We'll see you next time.